inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. I am Mr. Black and you are you and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is your hour of power and today I want to bring it. And by it, I mean hope. You know, my forte is leadership. I've been doing leadership training for over 30 years. I call myself an active member of the human potential movement. Uh, But leadership, what's lacking in today's world is leadership, or should I say good leadership? Because, boy, we are leading people in some strange places. We're leading them to Armageddon. (laughs) We're leading them to a a Marxist America. We're leading them to a country that makes no sense, that's illogical. We're leading them to a time where what used to be called stupid is now considered wise, and what used to be considered wise is now considered stupid. We're leading them to a time when uh, Jesus the Christ is considered the leader of the largest hate group in America. It's just stunning. And there's a lot of people uh, that are living in helpless and hopeless. There's a lot of people that are struggling with mental health disorders. There's a lot of people uh, that are uh, choosing a permanent solution to a short-term problem and exiting this experience called life uh, by their own hands. Suicide, abuse, it's getting bad. It's getting worse than it's ever been. And not only do we kill each other now, we dismember each other. Not only do we abuse each other, we torture each other. Uh, and, and if you look around, today's kids, there's, there's a lot of helplessness. There's a lot of hopelessness. There's, there's a lot of things that are out of their control. And uh, as a dad, one of my greatest things, I always wanted to give my children a better America than the one I found. And those of you that are my age, I turned 57 in a month, October 8th. Uh, we have failed our kids miserably. Uh, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in the time of Ronald Reagan, where the, the shining light on a hill that Ronald Reagan inspired me to make a difference. Ronald Reagan inspired me to live a life of significance because we were blessed beyond most. And just like um, uh, Israel and just like Abraham, uh, Abraham was blessed to be a blessing to all nations. Israel was blessed to be a blessing to all nations. I believe America was blessed to be a blessing to all nations. I believe Americans have had so much more opportunity than the majority of the world. And there comes an accounting. There comes a time where we will be held to account for that. Uh, It's appointed for man to die one time and then comes a judgment. And so today, leaders, uh, I'm going to have you consider, what are you peddling? We're all selling something. You know, selling is nothing more than gaining agreement from someone to buy your product, your service, your hand in marriage, your belief in God. We're all selling something. We all have a commodity. You know, Johnny Appleseed. Uh, you know, his name wasn't Johnny and his last name wasn't Appleseed, just like some of you think that Jesus's last name is Christ. <laughs> Christ is a role. It's the anointed one. It's the Messiah. It's the Redeemer. Jesus is the Christ. 
It's not Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus uh, is his name. Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, Jesus, uh, son of Joseph uh, and Mary. Uh, but Christ is his role. He is the Redeemer. He is the Messiah. He is the Anointed One. He is, a, he is our, our Redeemer. Uh, and so Johnny Appleseed, his name wasn't Appleseed. I can't think of his Morton or something like that. I remember the guy's name. I've covered it on the show many times. But he was known for his commodity. His commodity was apples. His commodity was, was teaching people how to produce their own food. His commodity was, in a way, hope. Because when you could control your own food supply, you had hope back then. Because unlike today, we have stores and we have pantries and we have freezers and refrigerators. We didn't have all that. Unlike today, we all had jobs or the ability to have a job or have your own business from home. We didn't always have that. And so today, we're going to talk about the science of hope. See, rule number one about being a leader is not about you. Get off yourself. Too many leaders think it's all about them. But I'm talking about good leadership. If you're talking about good leadership, servant leadership, godly leadership, a moralistic leadership, rule number one is it's not about you. Get off yourself. You are merely a conduit. Remember, we can either be a cistern or a conduit. Those are the two elements that we can be in life. A cistern is something that holds things, a vase, a vase, a bowl, a, a, a pit, a bathtub. It's a cistern that holds things. And many of us are cisterns in life that many people have poured into us, many people have given to us, many people have spoken life into us, many people have manipulated behind the scenes to help us to make us successful. And what have we done with it? Do we hold on to it? Do we store it away? Are we living in the limited pie mentality where there's only a little, so I got to hold on to what I got? And if I don't keep what I got, then I won't have enough for what I need it. But we're called to be conduits, not cisterns. That's the other element you can be. A conduit's a pass-through agent. A conduit is like your PVC pipe under your ground that when you go tell someone to turn on your sprinklers or they're on an automatic timer, what happens is water is pushed through that conduit PVC pipe underground and it comes up where the conduit tells it to come up and it sprinkles out from there. What about you? Are you a conduit? Are you a pass-through agent? Remember the Dead Sea is the lowest place on the earth or one of the lowest places. I haven't checked my science lately. The Dead Sea. It's talked about all through history. It's all through the Bible. The Dead Sea. You know why it's dead? See, a couple of underground waterways feed it. But nothing leaves the Dead Sea. Nothing goes out from the Dead Sea. That's why it's the Dead Sea. And the question today I'm going to ask you is, are you a Dead Sea leader? What's coming out of you? How many people's lives have you impacted? Do you have people around you that are hopeful are you helpless and hopeless? See, that's the definition of depression. Helpless and hopeless. Depression means my life sucks today and tomorrow will be no better. But hope, ah. See, the number one commodity of a leader is hope. We are hope peddlers. Hope is what we're pushing. 
Hope is what we're selling. Hope is what we're gaining green for. Hope is what we're encouraging with. See, hope says no matter what's going on today, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, tomorrow can be better. So today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to talk about the science of hope. Did you hear that? Remember, we're supposed to follow the science. But for once, I'm going to say what they really mean. They're telling you to follow the political science. We all know there's only two sexes. Come on. Come on, any builder. Anybody knows in construction you have a male and a female side, right? We all know that life begins at conception. If you don't Google it, you'll see it right there. See, we all know certain things. And yet we're allowed other people to dissuade us, to to make us believe the unbelievable. To make us scoff at those common sense things that we've always believed. And now make us buy into lies that are nothing more than fabrications. They're just fabrications to, to support and create a narrative. And it's all about the narrative. So today we're going to talk about hope. Because I don't care what's going on in your world. Hope will change it. The science of hope is a great concept. And I believe in it. See, there's uh, John Hopkins, uh, you know that? John Hopkins Medicine. So here's from their article from their newsletter, The Science of Hope, dated April 1st, 2014. When people experience tragedy, sometimes the last thing they want to hear is advice about keeping their chin up. How does a person keep a positive attitude in the face of a debilitating brain injury? See, the only way you do that is through hope. How does a person keep a positive attitude when their country's dying around them? How does a person keep it going when nothing else makes sense? And how is called hope. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about the science of hope. Because as leaders, that's what we're peddling. I'm Black, and we'll be right back. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters. Your hour of power. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the science of hope. Yep, that's the right word. Use the word science. Remember the old days when science was about questioning everything? Remember Sir Isaac Newton when he saw an apple fall and then he saw another apple fall and then he saw another apple fall and he said, huh, I wonder why that apple falls down and doesn't go up. And from that questioning, we got gravity. 
See, science has always been about questioning. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we need to be questioning things because things are going in the wrong direction. You know, leadership is something I teach. And, you know, leaders survey the entire situation. They climb the tallest tree. And if need be, they yell out, wrong jungle. Ladies and gentlemen, America, let me tell you right now, wrong jungle. There's not a lot of hope out there. America, I think 70% of people, and I can't believe it's not more, believe that America is going in the wrong direction. How can you not believe that America is going in the wrong direction? We are running away from God. We are running away from science. We are running away from freedoms, free speech, free press, free elections. I mean, the president of the United States now called half the country semi-fascist. I'm, as a white Christian, as a man who loves the Lord my God and who likes my country and serves my country, I am now the biggest threat to America, to Joe Biden. Not ISIS, not an uh, unprotected border, not fentanyl, not habitual drugs or radical Islam, but Scott Black, a man who loves the Lord his God with all his heart, with all his mind, with all his strength, a man who follows after the God of the Bible and his son, my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, a guy who owns guns and is a member of the NRA, but couldn't even shoot a pigeon because I don't want to see anything suffer, a guy who weeps daily who walks in people's pain, who just wants to help people no matter what the color of their skin, no matter what bathroom they use, no matter who they share their bed with, just want to help. I see a hurting person, I want to help a hurting person. I see a need, I meet a need. Whether they vote the same way I do, no matter what their stance on abortion is, no matter what God they follow after, because we all follow after some God. But yet I in the biggest threat to America because Joe Biden wants you to believe in a different America than the one that we grew up in. And so a lot of people are losing hope. And today I'm talking about the science of hope. You know, hope is defined as to cherish a desire with anticipation. Isn't that great? To cherish a desire with anticipation. Uh, Archaic. And the interesting says archaic, that means old. You know what the archaic definition of hope is? Trust. Isn't that sad that that's archaic? It's to desire with expectation of obtaining a fulfillment. Desire with expectation of obtainment or fulfillment. That's a great definition. How about this one? To expect with confidence. Isn't that cool? To expect with confidence. Desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. You know, to me, hope and faith is very similar, very closely related. I think the words feed each other. Remember Hebrews 11? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Do you see how it's there? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Remember, desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not fulfilled.
You know, different translations say, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Isn't that great? Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. The assurance about what we do not see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is a certainty of things hoped for. Proof things not seen. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Isn't that great? See, hope stirs us up. See, when we have hope, we'll make different choices. You know, if if you have no hope to get out of the inner city, if you're a young black male and your only chance of getting out of the inner city is in a cop car or in a Hertz, a morgue, then to kill someone for one buck is no big deal. Then to kill someone for disrespecting you is no big deal. Because when you have no future, you have no hope. See, hope is always about forward. Remember the saying, hope springs eternal? Uh, At Bible.org, I was reading this. It said, the English poet Alexander Pope wrote, hope springs eternal in the human breast. Man never is, but always to be blessed. But where does man turn when hope dries up? The director of a medical clinic told of a terminally ill young man who came in for his usual treatment. A new doctor who was on duty said to him casually and cruelly, you know, don't you, that you won't live out the year. As the young man left, he stopped by the director's desk and wept. He said, that man took away my hope. I guess he did, replied the director. Maybe it's time to find a new one. Commenting on this incident, Lewis Smeads wrote, is there a hope when hope is taken away? Is there a hope when hope is taken away? Is there a hope when the situation is hopeless? That question leads us to Christian hope. For in the Bible, hope is no longer a passion for the possible. It becomes a passion for the promise. And that was from our Daily Bread, December 19, 1996. And Peter in 1 Peter 3.15 told us, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So from John Hopkins Medicine, you know, forerunners of medicine. This is from the Science of Hope, uh, dated April 1, 2014. When people experience tragedy, sometimes the last thing they want to hear is advice about keeping their chin up. How does a person keep a positive attitude in the face of a debilitating brain injury? It turns out that the phrase stay positive is more than just a cheerful colloquialism. Sorry about that. (laughs) There's science behind those words. Evidence that hopefulness can promote a quicker, fuller recovery. It's scientifically proven. Quote, one of the things I look at is how the attitudes that patients bring to the table, resiliency, spirituality, hope, facilitate recovery, says Kate Corte, a neuropsychologist. Isn't that great? Neuropsychologist in John Hopkins Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. 
What we found is that maintaining with outcomes and life satisfaction. So they found that hope not only builds up your outcomes in life and life satisfaction, but also promotes healing. See, in her research, Court has examined patients across the spectrum, traumatic brain injury, stroke, brain tumor, and consistently she found that those patients who succeeded in keeping good attitude did better in their recovery. We take a broad approach by tracking everything that goes on with these folks throughout the rehab and recovery process, Corte says. Some of my studies have examined their level of engagement in rehabilitation interventions. Then we look three months after discharge at how satisfied they are with life and how much assistance they needed to function. <clears throat> Folks who were more hopeful throughout the recovery and had a more positive attitude needed less assistance later on. Isn't that incredible? Of course, it's one thing to advise someone to remain hopeful. Facilitating the kind of positive attitude is a different proposition. In the outpatient neurorehabilitation program at Johns Hopkins, our psychologists aim to help patients adapt and adjust to the illness and injuries that prevent them from doing what they want in daily life. These patients need interventions focused on bolstering positive attitudes so they can achieve these goals. We want them to maintain the hopeful view that life is worth living because if they keep at it, they're going to be able to re-engage in the things that once gave them hope and satisfaction. Isn't that great? Hope and positivity, she says, help patients make better decisions and keep sights of far-reaching goals. Keep sight of far-reaching goals. A positive attitude also helps them follow the recommendations of physicians and therapists. Quote, our psychologists are focused on helping patients realize there's something better to come. Our team is there to help them learn, adapt, and adjust, and to recover to the fullest extent possible. See, there's your definition of hope. Our psychologists are focused on helping patients realize that there is something better to come. And that's really what hope is. Hope says that no matter what's going on today, tomorrow can be better. And as a leader, there's a lot of stuff being sold. There's vitamins, there's weight loss programs, there's happiness. You know, Joel wants you to know you can live your best life now. I'm going to tell you right now, if this is my best life now, I want my money back. <laughs> uh, there's got to be more. And see, that's what hope does. And after the break, we're going to go into some power, not only the power of hope, but some things for you to be hopeful for. Because I don't care what's going on in life. I want you to know you have the power to change it. I don't care what you're going through, what desert you're in or what valley you're in. I want you to know you can overcome. You have overcome and you will overcome. We call that hope. I'm Black and today we're talking about the science of hope. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. 
Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Live in life like it matters. You know, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to us on podcasts or you don't know we're on podcasts, we have a bi-weekly podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just uh, search for Live in Life Like It Matters. We also have a daily radio show that is separate from the podcast. That airs Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's based out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, I do the show live out of Dallas-Fort Worth most of the time. Uh, and you can go to likeitmattersradio.com. I also send out daily scripture to those who are spiritually minded. Uh, you can go to wayofwarrior.blog, wayofwarrior.blog. Uh, if you go right at the bottom of that first page, you'll see a thing that says uh, follow. Uh, if you hit that button, you can type in your email address. And then every day when I send out the scripture, uh, you're on that list. It'll go right to you. Uh, and of course, I do intensive leadership training. That's what I'm known for. Two and a half day intensives. You go to likeitmatters.net, likeitmatters.net. Uh, two and a half days, I will change your life. Uh, I basically will teach you more about how you work, give the opportunity to refocus, uh, to resuscitate your heart, to uh, clean up the, your thinking in your brain, uh, to maybe even do a little cleanup work from some things from your past, to create a brand new vision, move forward, learn how you work, how you create experience, learn about man being a three-part being and how to operate all three parts. Uh, the body's a machine. You got to know it puts out feelings. It puts out experience. How, how, you know, got to know how it works. The mind runs the body and the battle is in the mind, we're told. And so you got to know how you create experience, how you process information, how your brain works, both the conscious and the unconscious. Uh, and then you're dealing with a spiritual component. You know, the bigger purpose, your your bigger calling, if you will. Uh, why are you here? What's your purpose? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again in a microcosm called life? You know, so um, it's a phenomenal process. Go to likeitmatters.net. I have uh, three two-day intensive classes that will forever change your life. And uh, that's what this radio show stemmed from is my work in the classroom. Uh, me over 30 years uh, changing, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15,000 people's lives directly and indirectly in the hundreds of thousands. And so I know what I'm doing. I teach you how you work. And once you know how you work, you have hope which is what we're talking about today, the science of hope. And hope is this interesting thing because when you have hope, everything changes. It's like a self-confidence. When you have self-confidence, everything changes. I remember a study I heard about years ago. Uh, I think it was done at Harvard. It was like in the 1950s. Uh, Dr. Kurt Richter placed rats in a pool of water to test how long they could tread water. On average... They could do it about 14 and a half minutes <laughs> because basically at 15 minutes, they'd give up and sink. They just stopped swimming. They wore out. 
But right before they gave up due to exhaustion, the researcher would pluck them out, would scoop them up out of the water, right as they get ready to go underwater, scoop them out, dry them off, let them rest for a few minutes, and then, I know it's going to be hard to believe, put them back in for a second time. Now, here's what's interesting. The second time they went back in the water, there was a huge result. See, the first time they only lasted 14 and a half minutes and they started giving up. And if someone didn't scoop them out of the water at 15 minutes, uh, they would have formerly been a rat. Got my point? They'd be dead. But once they scooped them out, dried them off, and that rat knew that there was something else going on, that even when they quit swimming, someone scooped them up. Now it seems something changed. So remember the first time they'd only swam a few short minutes, but after they were put back in the water a second time, How long do you think they were able to tread water? What do you think, another 15 minutes? Another 10 minutes, maybe five minutes more? Nope. Ready for this? 60 hours. Yeah, it's not an error. I didn't misspeak. Six, zero hours. So if you figure an hour is four times the 15 minutes they're going to hold on to, and then 60 times that, So 240 times more effective. 60 hours of swimming. And the conclusion drawn was that since the rats believed that they would eventually be rescued, they had hope. And they could push their bodies way past where they previously thought possible. It's just an interesting thought. If hope can cause exhausted rats to swim for 240 times as long as they would without hope, What could a belief in yourself, in your abilities, do for you? See, we got to remember what we're capable of. We got to remember why we're here. And we got to keep swimming. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's what hope does. Hope gives us the chance to keep swimming, to keep pushing. And some of us feel like we're rats drowning, that things are getting out of control. This is why, you know, there's only two operating systems today. Keep it simple, soldier. You either got a FOS, a flesh operating system, or a GOS, a God operating system. It's called good news for a reason, because it's hope. Matter of fact, I love C.S. Lewis. And in in Mere Christianity, he said this about hope. He said, hope is one of the theological virtues. He said, quote, this means that continual looking forward to the eternal world is not as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking. But one of the things that Christian is meant to do, it does not mean that we're to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, The English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this world. He goes on to say, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. See, I have hope. For I know the plans the Lord has for me, plans to prosper, not to harm me, plans for future and of hope. For I am God's masterpiece, 
created in advance good works for me to walk through. God's already preordained them. For greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. For in my weakness his strength is perfected. For I must decrease so he can increase since it's all about him. You see, all those things bring me hope. It goes beyond the power of positive thinking. But I want to tell you there's something to the power of positive thinking. Remember, epigenetics says that we are a byproduct of our environment. And the greatest environment there is, is between the stimulus and the response. It is our head. Because we live in our heads. We sleep in our heads. We awake in our heads. Right? Again, from science, from John Hopkins, right? Hopkinsmedicine.org. You know, John Hopkins. Heartwarming news, it says... People with family history of heart disease who also have a positive outlook were one-third less likely to have a heart attack. That's what John Hopkins expert Lisa R. Yannick and her colleagues found in their most recent study. It's fascinating. And she says this, The mechanism for the connection between health and positivity remains murky. But researchers suspect that people who are more positive may be better protected against inflammatory damage of stress. Another possibility is that hope and positivity help people make better health and life decisions and focus more on long-term goals. Studies also find that negative emotions can weaken immune response. Isn't that phenomenal? And that follows up with epigenetics where Dr. Caroline Leaf says that 75 to 95% of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. Remember, we have 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And a lot of it is about regret, is resentment, resistance. I mean, we're being told to hate. We're being told to hate Republicans. We're being told to hate, uh, um, you know, people that don't agree with us been told to hate people that don't want to put a genetically modified organism in their body through an injection that's improperly labeled a vaccine. We're told to hate people that believe that the proof is in the pudding that this election was rigged, that there was fraud all throughout the election, the election process, and it was meant that way. It was intentionally done that way. It wasn't by accident. We're told to hate people that don't think like us, who don't agree with us. We're told to hate people that believe that America is not evil. We're told to hate people that believe that children shouldn't be sexualized. Right? All this hate, the privilege movement, is all about hate. That person has more than you. That person has been treated more fair than you. Life's not fair to you. We're told to keep a pound of flesh, a record wrong. Everybody's hurt us, depending on their skin color. Uh, and then not only that, let's go back 100 years, 200 years, 400 years, 500 years. We're offended by everything. Everything's a dog whistle. Everything's a slap in the face. If you're black or brown, if you are homosexual, LGBTQT, the world's against you and everything's unfair. And anybody that doesn't like you totally doesn't like you because of those things. It's the bait of Satan. It's the spirit of offense. It's violation of the 10th commandment. Thou shalt not covet. There are intellectual medical reasons to forgive, toxic waste generated by toxic thoughts, 
produce problems, disease, you know, disease, disease, diabetes, cancer, asthma, medical research increasingly points to the fact that thinking and consciously controlling your thought life is one of the best ways, if not the best ways of detoxing your brain. See, the hope has to start inside. We've got to hold our thoughts captive. We got to take a look at what's going on in our head. We got to get rid of the stinking thinking. We've got to have hope in ourselves, hope in our future, hope in our God, hope in our country, hope in our fellow man, because without hope, we give up. But with hope, we'll keep pushing. We'll keep overcoming. We'll pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and hit it again. That's why it's called the science of hope. We'll be right back. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Living Life Like It Matters. That's what we do. And there is no greater purpose in life than to live your life like it matters. You're the only one that can. Of all the people in the world, there's no one like you. No one has your fingerprints. Nobody has your DNA. Nobody has your past. Nobody has your trauma and your drama. Nobody has your unique set of gifts and talents. No one has your voice quality, your emotions. You are unique. You are rare. In all rarity, there's great value. So your need to become like everybody else not only is is unnecessary, but it removes your value. So today I want to give you some hope. You need to find your hope. Man, my hope is in the second coming of Christ. My hope is in something called a rapture. My hope is that this is the minor leagues. This is not what I was created for. And I'm just being prepared for what I was created for. Eternity is a lot longer than the 60 or 80 years I might get on on this body and this planet. And so my hope is above. I look up. I look up for my hope in the clouds. I look up for the rising up of the tide uh, because uh, all will rise. All will rise, those who call on the name of Jesus. And that's what I like to do on this planet, give people hope. You don't have to agree with my belief in God. Uh, You don't have to agree with my belief in politics. You don't have to agree with a lot of things. But do you want more at life? Do you want to live to your purpose? You know, I'm blessed. You know, my son, Christian, I have five, uh, four kids. Uh, Faith is my oldest. Uh, and then I have my son, Christian. And then I have a son, Major. Uh, and then I have a son, Benaya. And my son, Christian, um, we had some uh, struggles from his, in his teen years. Uh, me and his mom separated, divorced, and uh, it caused a lot of problems for him. And uh, his teenage years were rebellious. And uh, the last uh, year and a half, almost two years, uh, I had him live with my best friend, Brett. Uh, we were in a financial loss. And so it all worked out. I asked God, and God said, let him go. Uh, you raised him in the way of me. Uh, he'll come back. And God's true. He, he's, he did come back, and now my son's actively involved in my training. 
He staffs uh, all his friends, real friends that have been through my training and go through my training. And so one of his friends, Olivia, went through my training. Beautiful young girl. I mean, Olivia's uh, beautiful. You think of uh, Cleopatra, like a nah looking, you know, if you look at uh, uh, the, the, the pictures of Cleopatra, that beauty, that's, that's Olivia. Uh, she had a little dark complexion to her, a little bit of gothic, and I think that was part of her rebellious. But she's a beautiful person, not just internally, I mean externally, but internally. Uh, she's a child of God. And she had done something in her past that uh, w- was uh, shameful to her. She was guilt-ridden. Uh, she didn't forgive herself. It was something that she could never get over. And um, because of that, she had no hope. Uh, she was struggling in school. She was struggling in life, struggling in relationship. And so she finally went through my training after my uh, my son had hounded her for a long time. And uh, not only that, then she did a couple life caddy sessions. For those that don't know, I do life caddy work. So I walk with you after class, or if you've never been through class, I'll do this well. But uh, we once a week, and I give you homework, and we work on whatever we need to work on. You know, a caddy supports the golfer. A caddy knows the course. A caddy knows the golfer. A caddy is a set, different set of eyes. And a caddy can offer suggestions. And that's what I do is I walk with people. And if you're interested, reach out to me at Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com. Mr. Black, M-R-B-L-A-C-K, at likeitmattersradio.com. So here's a letter from Olivia after she went through my training and had done a few coaching sessions with me. And it's dated 5-12-21. Olivia Anchando, Team 222. I agreed to attend the Leadership Awakening class months before it was scheduled. When I first signed up, I was at a low point in my life, but I'd stopped caring. I was not living by the morals I'd been raised with and was no longer willing to fight for myself. But miraculously, I've come to see that God is fighting for us, even if we no longer want to fight for ourselves. Two days before leadership class, I reached rock bottom and was up all night praying for God to help me. Little did I know, he had already answered my prayers. Months ago, when a close friend had asked me to sign up for the leadership awakening class with Mr. Black. Those two days I spent in class were life-altering. Every piece of information taught is valuable. I am able to carry myself differently now because I know my worth and my value. I understand how much power our minds have over our situations and thoughts. I know how to handle myself in a way I have never been able to up until now, and it has made a phenomenal difference in my life. After class, I was fortunate to have two private life caddy sessions with Mr. Black, and those sessions were icing on the cake. I was able to take what I learned in class and dive deeper into healing for myself and past traumas. The knowledge I learned from Mr. Black could not have come at a better time. I'm graduating with my bachelor's this month and I'm attending graduate school in the fall. I desperately needed the changes and growth I experienced and God knew this. I feel prepared to handle myself as I move on to new experience. I encourage whoever is reading this to trust God's voice. Whether it comes in the form of an email, a podcast, a blog, or the words of a friend, trust who sent you, trust the process, and fully commit to changing your personal business lives. I opened my heart to the Leadership Awakening class. I fully committed to soaking up all the knowledge and I have zero regrets. I wake up every day in a new world, ready to stand by God and seize the day, something I never thought possible for myself. That same change is possible for you too. You just need to reach out and take a leap of faith. And let me suggest, you need hope. I don't know who wrote this, but I got it and it's a beautiful saying. I got it off of a gift 
of inspiration.com from Australia. It says, then you still have hope. If you can look at the sunset and smile and find beauty in the colors of a small flower, then you still have hope. If you can find pleasure in the movement of a butterfly and the smile of a child can still warm your heart, then you still have hope. If you can see the good in other people, and if the rain breaking on a rooftop can still lull you to sleep, then you still have hope. If the sight of a rainbow still makes you stop and stare and wonder, and if the soft fur of a favored pet still feels pleasant under your fingertips, then you still have hope. If you meet new people with a trace of excitement and optimism, and you give people the benefit of the doubt, then you still have hope. If you still offer your hand in friendship to others that have touched your life, and if receiving an unexpected card or letter still brings a pleasant surprise, then you still have hope. If the suffering of others still fills you with pain and frustration, and if you refuse to let a friendship die or accept that it must end, then you still have hope. If you look forward to a time or place, quiet or reflection, and if you still watch love stories or want the endings to be happy, then you still have hope. If you can look to the past and smile, and when faced with the bad, when told everything is futile, you can still look up and end the conversation with the phrase, yes, but, then you still have hope. Hope is a marvelous thing. It bends, it twists, it sometimes hides, but rarely, rarely does it ever break. It sustains us when nothing else can. It gives us reason to continue. It gives us the courage to move ahead. When we tell ourselves we'd rather give up and give in. Hope puts a smile on our face when the heart cannot manage. Hope puts our feet on the path when our eyes cannot see it. Hope moves us to act when our souls are confused of the direction in which to act. Hope is a wonderful thing, something to be cherished and nurtured, and something that will refresh us in return. It can be found in each of us, and it can bring light into the darkest of places. So never lose hope. And leaders, it is our number one commodity. We are called to be hope peddlers. Hope says that no matter what's going on today, tomorrow can be better. Helpless and hopeless is all about the past. Hope has a fewer direction. Has a forward direction, has a future direction, has a future component. See, we have a world that's wrapped up in getting us focused on our past. The devil is called the accuser of the brethren. He's accusing us of our past, not of our future. It is hope that gets our eyes off the past and puts them in the future. It is hope that makes us forward thinkers. It is hope that has us looking forward. Today, 
be hopeful. And today, encourage someone else to be hopeful. Because that's your calling, leader. You're under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.